When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem. Anthem. To the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. Cause you know the job ain't done. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 395 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. The Padres, they are 1-5 and five in their last six games. They lose tonight to the Dodgers 4-2. to two. From my math, the Padres are 7-50 for 50 in their last six games with runners in scoring position. I see Jim Russell on Twitter is saying they're seven for 43. So someone's math is wrong. Um, I believe I tattled, I tallied it up right. I got one for seven, one for four, two for 10, two for 10, 0 for five, one for seven in their last six games. I can go back through that. I'll go back through that right now, actually. So I think this is a perfect time to do it. I mean, this is the story of the Padres, right? It's the story of the Padres this past week, week and a half. I mean, it's the story of the whole year, but really like this past week. Because there's been situations where could have come through extra innings or tonight, and they just didn't. Um, So tonight... They went one for seven with runners in scoring position. 
in the loss on Thursday, they went one for seven with runners in scoring position. In the game on Wednesday, they went four for 10 with runners in scoring position. I think. No, that's the twin side. Sorry. 0 for 5. 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Then on Tuesday, they won that game. They went 2 for 10 with runners in scoring position. On Sunday, 2 for 10 with runners in scoring position. And then if we go back to Saturday, last Saturday, they were one for four with runners in scoring position. So for me, that adds up seven out of 50. Regardless of what the math looks like, it's not good. Like, that's the point. And tonight, I mean, yeah. You could be mad at Tim Hill for giving up back-to-back home runs to Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, but, I mean, we got to look at the offense again. I mean, look at these situations. Top of the fifth, Soto has the leadoff double. With one out, Soto's on third. Fly out to left, and Soto does not try to run there and score. So he doesn't end up scoring because Kim gets out for the final out of the inning. There's a chance blown right there. Top of the seventh, Kim had the two RBI double, uh, which tied it, which was great. But then runner in scoring position, Grish strikes out looking. On a pitch, he should not be striking out looking on. In the eighth inning, top of the eighth, first and third, nobody out. Jake Cronenworth strikes out. And Manny grounds into a double play. Those are many, those are multiple situations. And this is a common theme. This isn't just tonight. It's been happening repeatedly. So yeah, it's it's frustrating. And hopefully the post-game comments from Bob Melvin come out while I'm talking here on this show tonight. So I could give my thoughts on those. Because I'm interested in seeing what his facial expressions are like. Because I was not watching the post-game show. I was preparing for this show and looking up some stats. Uh, But if anyone knows how that went, let me know. And if Bally has posted it, let me see. I doubt they've posted it already. Oh, no, they have. Okay. Okay, well, Bally says, Bob Melvin shares his thoughts with the media following the game, and it's a 20-second clip. The press conference was not 20 seconds long, right? I mean, if we want to, sure. If we want to, you want to see this? Here you go. On the whole, what did you think of kind of your approach today? Look, I, I you know, it was, it, we had good energy the entire game. We had a guy that was, you know, shoving pretty good there for a while. And then all of a sudden we were tied up. So, I, I thought we stayed with it well. And again, we had some opportunities in the eighth, had some good at bats, just couldn't follow it through. So she came up a little bit short tonight. All right. There you go. So there's Bomo. I mean, it's like 20 seconds. 
I'd like to hear the whole thing, but I guess that's not what Bally wants to post. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's right. Eighth inning, they, they, they had spots where they could come through and they didn't come through. If you want to come on the show, vent, express your thoughts, feel free to come on. I posted that link. It's pinned up in the chat, so you can just click on that. CBS121 says we suck. I don't think we suck. We're not playing up to the potential, that's for sure. We're, we're a me- Right now, the Padres, they are a 500, I mean, less than 500 now, but they are a mediocre team right now. That's how they're playing. Brent says, team needed a superstar to step up in a big game tonight. Manny and Machado is right. He killed us tonight. In that one spot, yeah, I mean, you can't ground and do a double play in that spot. And us fans, right, I definitely understand the viewpoint of fans. You know, he's getting paid all this money, and he has not come up very big this year. What is his stats now? So he's hitting 243. That doesn't look terrible, but his OPS is 680. For Manny, I mean, I'm expecting his OPS to be like 800, you know, at least. Like, that's a good OPS. So he has not been the Manny Machado that we saw last year. And I, he probably is not going to be that guy this year. But I think he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to be better. But we're dealing with the right now, right? And right now... He's underperforming, and there are many guys in this lineup that are underperforming right now. And Bob Melvin, right, yesterday he talked about tenacity, right, and really gripping. When you look up tenacity, right, the definition, here, I'll look it up again just so I can read it. The quality or fact of being able to grip something firmly, right, like a firm hold on a lead, um, continuing to battle throughout the game. I think that's what Bob Melvin is, you know, continuing to fight, fight a little more. That's what he talked about yesterday. And I did see that today. I said that a little bit in my post-game reaction. Like, I did see guys, it seemed like the team was fighting more today. Um, you go with Hassan Kim against Dustin May in what inning was that? The seventh inning where he ties it up there with the double down the line. I still would have sent Soto with Kim up in that, you know, earlier in the game. I know that made the people, some people look dumb when Kim came through there, uh, but I still would have sent Soto. But Kim comes through, Odor is, Odor is pumped up. You got to give props to Melvin for having Odor pinch run for Carpenter. I don't know if Carpenter would have made that there, and Odor barely made it. Um, but guys were fighting. I think there were more aggressive swings, guys going up there looking to do damage instead of getting behind in counts. I mean, there were still some of that guys getting behind in counts and Matt Carpenter. I think it was carp. I remember one at bat that he had maybe his last at bat fastball, like 96 down the middle and he fouls it off. Just not being on it. Right. Crony's been swinging under some balls a little bit. Grish striking out looking like I talked about. So there's still, there were still some negative spots, but bogey had that double over the center fielder. Um, battling back there, getting in scoring position, and he ended up scoring uh, on Kim's double there that ended up tying it before the Padres lost the lead again. So I saw some positive signs from tonight, but, I mean, this series, after you get called out by your manager, I'm sorry, this is 
we got to judge it by the results. They're under 500. They're not hitting with runners in, in scoring position at the level that they should be. That's what it is. And there are guys that are underperforming right now in the lineup. And if you look at the lineup right now, like let's look at tonight's lineup. Tatis, okay, I'm good with. Crony, I think he needs to step it up a little. Manny, I think he needs – I mean, I've been encouraged by what I've seen lately, but it's just overall needs to step it up a little, right? Soto, I'm not even going to mention him because I like what I'm seeing. Bogarts, as of late, think he needs to step it up a little. Matt Carpenter needs to step it up, right? So that is what? Crony, Manny, Bogarts, Carpenter, it's four already. Kim, I think, can be better. Grisham, I think, can be better. That's six. And then, obviously, the catching position you'd include in there, that's seven. That's seven out of the nine hitters in the lineup that you should, you would probably sit here and say right now, like, yeah, they need they need to be better. I disagree with this comment here. CBS121 says, Manny got paid and checked the F out. Now, I, I totally disagree with that. He's trying. He definitely cares. But I'm just going to sit here and point out the facts, like he's underperforming and needs to be better. And Manny, no, Manny doesn't, he's not going to go to the bottom of the order. He does not need to go to the bottom of the order. He just needs to come through more. And I don't want to say it's like Soto, where you know Soto was rolling over a lot at the beginning of the year, but it does feel like he's grounding into a, a lot of double plays. Manny, that is. JD's third says this lineup order is not working. What needs to change? I mean, changing the order can only do so much, right? They change the order with the top five with crony hitting second, trying to really go right, left, right, left, right, the top five. And it worked for that like one game right against Minnesota. But, you know, changing the lineup at the end of the day, like I don't think it's so much about where guys are hitting in the lineup. Like, I like having Soto hit fourth. It seems like he's really comfortable there and he's hitting well there. So the Padres are going to keep him hitting fourth, but it just comes down to the player performance. The players just have to be better regardless of where they're hitting in the order. I don't think guys are going up there, you know, reacting to a pitcher when the ball's in the air and they're at, they have to decide in that split second what they're going to do. They're not thinking about, oh, I'm hitting ninth in the order. Oh, I'm hitting fifth when I want to be hitting second. Oh, I'm hitting third but i'm more comfortable hitting fourth like no they just have to be better at the plate they have to be better with runners in scoring position when they get those chances yeah and so yeah let's go over kind of everything that happened today because i do see some comments about bob melman's decision putting tim hill in there uh to face mookie and freddie I saw on social media some people were like, well, why are why why did Bowmel go with him instead of Nick Martinez? Right. So we'll get to that. So Snell took the ball today for the Padres. He went six innings, two earned runs, four hits, four walks, four punch outs. That's the ninth quality start the Padres have had in 10 games. I saw Semi Levitt posted that on Twitter today. And the Padres, what is their record in those games? What did I say yesterday? Their record was. In the last six games, including yesterday, two and four. So last seven, they're two and five in these games with these starting pitchers. 
like pretty much having quality starts every time out. Like they're not capitalizing on the starting pitching, having quality starts. And I know the bullpen is a little bit at fault because they have been struggling a little bit during this stretch where the Padres have gone one and five in their last six, but I, I'm sorry. I can't be putting the blame more on the bullpen than on this offense. When the bullpen, it feels like they're getting overtaxed right now. Um, or at least there's, it feels like there's too much pressure on the bullpen right now because of the way the offense is performing. I shouldn't say the bullpen's getting overtaxed because the starting pitching is doing their job. They're, they're going six innings. It's just that they have to be like perfect sometimes because this offense is not scoring enough runs. You know? Um, so Snell, he allowed some there, – there were situations where he really had to dig deep in this game and get out of it. And he was pissed off at himself. I believe he was pissed off at himself. He was saying, I think this was the bottom of the third, when it was two, after it was 2 nothing Dodgers, wake the F up. He was yelling at himself as he was walking off the mound. That was when – or that was after he walked two in a row, gave up the RBI double to Freddie Freeman, and then gave up a single to Will Smith. So it was 2 nothing. Padres battled back, though, made it 2-2. Uh, that was in the seventh, but in the fifth, right? Like I talked about Soto had the lead off double. That ball was smashed by the way. It was like 113 miles per hour. One out Soto's on third fly out to left. And Soto does not run. He does not go. He tries to fake it. I don't know if that was a Mike Schilt decision or if that was a Juan Soto decision, but immediately on the couch, when I was watching that, I'm like, no, you have to go in that spot. What are you doing? You got to go. And I didn't put that out there like immediately on social media. I just pretty much asked you guys, like, should he have went there? Um, and then after I was like, you know, it's, in hindsight, it's obviously, it's easy to say, yeah, he should have went because Kim didn't bring him in. But no, I, I did really think that when that happened, like you got to take the chance. When the offense with runners in scoring position isn't coming through, and considering that Dustin May was pitching well up to that point, and Hassan Kim is coming up, I'm sorry, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Hassan Kim. Even after the double tonight, I just don't at the plate. I just don't. Two outs in that spot, Kim coming up, you got to test it. You're on third. Try it. If you get thrown out, guess what? It had to be a perfect throw from Chris Taylor, and it was a pretty good throw. Really good. In the air, Soto made a may have been thrown out, but at least you tried. You can't score. You can't get on the board if you're not trying, right? So th that was disappointing. I, I thought Soto should have tried to tag there. Um, so there was a wasted opportunity there. Uh, Snell, I mean, bottom five, first and third, two outs. Snell got Chris Taylor uh, to ground out the third multiple times where he had runners on and he was able to get out of those situations. Um, top seven, Kim had that double down the line after the Bogarts uh, double. And then Carp got on, I believe, at the walk. Odor came in and pinch ran, barely beat it. Good decision by Melvin there to have Odor come in and pinch run. But Grish struck out looking there with a runner in scoring position. Had the chance, wasn't able to come through. And then bottom seven, Tim Hill's on the mound, gives up back-to-back -back jacks, Mookie and Freddie. I don't even really know how Freddie got to that pitch. I mean, well, I know he got to it. He was out in front of it. But 
that pitch was inside and he pulled it for a home run. I guess you got to give props to Freddie on that one. The, the Mookie one, I mean, that was that was grooved. That, that was just perfect. And Mookie obviously capitalized on it. There were some that were like, well, why is Tim Hill pitching in that situation when Nick Martinez could have been in the game there? And I understand that, you know, in hindsight, like, why is Nick Martinez not in that spot? But I think the Padres probably wanted Nick Martinez to pitch the eighth with hopefully Hader pitching the ninth. I know you have to get there and all that, but they probably thought, hey, Hill, sidearm, he can get Mookie out. And I think the Padres are focused on getting Freddie out there. Left on left there, get him out. And I know they could have went with Martinez there too, right on right with him and Mookie. I wouldn't have been against it. I'm just trying to tell you guys maybe what the Padres were thinking with having Martinez maybe go for with the eighth inning, pitch the eighth instead of the seventh. Um, Because they could have had Martinez pitch against Freeman as well with his changeup or go fastball up because I know that worked on Sunday Night Baseball last week, last weekend. Um, who was up after Freddie? Was it Muncy? Will Smith. So, I mean – yeah, Betts, Freeman, Smith coming up. Two of those are righties. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with those that think, yeah, Martinez should have been pitching over Hill. Like, okay, you definitely have an argument there. I just think that they probably wanted Martinez pitching the eighth with Hayter pitching the ninth. After, after Smith, it's Martinez a righty, Taylor a righty, Muncie, Lefty. Yeah. I don't know. That's the tough thing about being the manager, right? Like, if it works out well, you're we're probably giving credit to the players. If it doesn't work out well, we're blaming the manager, you know? But that's what he signs up for. Enrique says, I don't know why or how the Dodgers are playing better with less talent. Less, maybe less superstar talent, but I mean, they, it seems like they always have depth. The Padres don't have a ton of depth. The Dodgers, it seems like they always have depth. They have like the best farm system in baseball. Guys leave, they can bring up James Outman. They bring in Jason Hayward, and this guy is like prime Jason Hayward again. It's, it's little stuff like that. Allen says there needs to be changes pitching and batting wise for sure. I don't know about pitching wise. Uh, I mean, batting, like, I think certain guys could be more aggressive, but some, some were aggressive tonight and it just didn't happen. But yeah, there, there's definitely guys. I, I'd like Crony to be more aggressive consistently. I'd like Grish to be more aggressive consistently. Maybe Hassan Kim be more aggressive consistently. Uh, because it feels like he, he, it feels like he's really patient. Bogarts, um, I, I don't want to go question Bogarts. I mean, the guy just got on base 30 straight games, right? Like he's an all-star. He knows what he's doing, but, uh, too much Morton's on Twitter. Great Twitter follow, by the way, he posted a video of 
the first pitch strikes that are like down the middle this year for the Padres. And Bogarts was a lot of those. Crony was a lot of those. I saw Grishin there. So yeah, there are definitely, you know, approach wise, like go up there looking to attack instead of, Oh, I'm going to see a pitch. Okay. I saw, I saw the fastball down the middle. All right. That's what his fastball looks like. Oh, that's what his breaking ball looks like. You know, no, go attack it. Anything else that I wanted to say about this game? I mean, it, it was just the runners in scoring position missed opportunities. I, I thought fifth inning Soto should have tried it there. Uh, Grish can't strike out looking in the seventh like that. Top of the eighth, you have a runner on third with no outs. Two runners on, but runner on third with no outs. You got to bring him in in that spot. You have to. Especially when you have your, what, two, three, yeah, two, three, four hitters. Well, two, three, because that's all they got to, because Crony struck out Manny, grounded into a double play. There was one out in that spot, right? Um, yeah. I mean, those are the guys you want up, right? You want your two, three hitters up. I think they're going to turn it around. Like, I totally believe in Crony and Manny. It's definitely frustrating, though. Sure is frustrating. And now the Padres, they find themselves, they're still in third place. That's not the end of the world that they lost tonight, but they're 19 and 20, and we got to face it. They're a mediocre team right now. You are what your record says you are sometimes, and the record isn't lying, I don't think, right now. All right, quick break here. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, I'm trying to see if Bally uploaded any more of... Nope, they didn't. Okay. I was trying to see if they uploaded any more of Bo Mills' post-game presser, but no, it's just the 20-second video that they posted, which doesn't really do us anything. Um, I wanted to get to something that happened pregame. So Luis Camposano, he had thumb surgery. That was definitely not news that I was expecting to hear tonight or read before the game. Thumb surgery out roughly eight weeks. So now he's going to be out like three months because of, or if you count him being out since mid-April, and who knows that that eight-week timeline, it's actually going to line up with eight weeks. Maybe it's going to be 10. Who knows? Campy was hitting 238, one home run, 81 OPS plus, uh, 656 OPS at the time of the injury. Remember, he jammed. It, it was a jammed thumb, and now he had surgery on it. So he didn't think. You know, the Padres obviously were saying that they didn't think it was that bad. And then Camp, Campy was saying it too. Like, I believe it was before that Sunday game against Milwaukee at home. He was talking to the media and he was like, yeah, just waiting for the swelling to go down. I remember sitting in, in my seats before the game that Sunday and he was playing catch. He wasn't throwing. Or no, 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 my bad. Switch that. He was throwing to Bogarts warming up, but he was not catching. Um, and Bomel told the media today that Campy was fine swinging the bat, 
but not catch him. So, yeah, that's obviously an issue. They're not going to have him on, on the roster as the third DH or as just a bat off the bench. Um, so, yeah, it's good that he gets the surgery, but obviously it puts a lot of pressure on the starting catchers or just the two catchers. Nolan Sullivan, I mean, those are the catchers that the Padres are going to ride with now, and they have to. And it's not looking so good with that spot. And that's why it's really important for the big guys in this lineup to come through because, sorry, we're not going to be sitting here relying on Austin Nola and Brett Sullivan. We can be mad about them or we can be disappointed with Austin Nola's performances and all that, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, Austin Nola sucks. That's the, why the that's, that's why the Padres are one in five in their last six. Like, no, you got to look at the bigger guys in the lineup who are making the big bucks. And they're at the top of the lineup. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're, they're the ones that need to be coming through. Nola should too. Brett Sullivan should too. But we know that the blame is should not be on just you know the catching position, even though it's a weak spot, obviously. It should be on Manny. It should be on Crony. It should be on Soto at the beginning of the year. It should be on Bogarts. You know, and even Grish, like I believe in Grish. I believe Grish can be better than this. Nola, don't have a whole lot of hope. Uh, entering Friday, entering tonight, sitting 152, 471 OPS, a 36 OPS plus, three caught stealing that he's had this year, 26 stolen bases he has allowed. Three caught stealing, 
26 stolen bases. Brett Sullivan entering tonight. And tonight, what did he do? Went 0 for 2. Had Cruz pinch hit for him. Um, 208 average entering tonight. 657 OPS, 82 OPS plus, so below league average. One caught stealing, one stolen base allowed. I mean, the catching position, yeah, I'm going to say, like, it has to be, it has to improve. But, again, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be blaming the catching position for the Padres' offensive struggles. You know, they're, they're the nine hitters in this lineup, eight, nine hitters in this lineup. We got to look at Manny. We got to look at the big guys in the lineup. We got to look at Matt Carpenter. Even Ha Sung Kim, because he's he's going to be starting pretty much every day, right? That's who we got to look to. Uh, I kind of got lost in the chat here, so I'm going to try to scroll up and see where I left off here. Eduardo says they need to step it up, and I couldn't agree more. They got more fight in them than what we're seeing right now. No, I, I mean, I think they fought pretty good tonight. But, yeah, in past games, it feels, yeah, I mean, it just feels like, yeah, they get off to that good start like Bowmill said yesterday, and then they just can't keep it going throughout the game. Max says, if I had a nickel for every base runner we strand on base, I'd have enough money for Otani. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I get your point. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating. This offense should be better than what it is, and it's just not right now. Mike says, once again, the Padres find another way to lose a game. As far as rosters go, the Padres probably have the better team on paper, but the Dodgers have the it factor, and that makes them the better team. Well, right now, I mean, if you compare the Padres and Dodgers' performances tonight, Padres, runners in scoring position, one for seven. Dodgers, two for eight. So not much better, but they came through with the back-to-back -back home runs, right? The Padres didn't have that. Maybe they'll have it tomorrow. I mean, at this point, we got to expect the offense to turn it around at some point, right? But, I mean, more what we should expect is the starting pitching is going to be there. It's just up to the offense to capitalize on opportunities. Pedro says, too many coaching decisions gone wrong. Bowmill needs to go. He's got the ingredients, just need a new chef. Yeah, so the Padres, Pedro, they need to let go one of the best managers in baseball because superstars – aren't performing up to expectations. That's why. So, so Bowmill, the guy who's sitting in the dugout, not at the plate, he's the one that needs to go. That doesn't make sense. Bowmill's not going anywhere. So keep thinking that, but, and I, I respect your opinion. I just think it's wrong. Brent says, Cardinals need pitching. We need a hitting catcher. Would you be interested in Wilson Contreras? Uh, I mean, it would be an upgrade. 
but that's not going to happen. The Cardinals aren't going to give up on him that early in the contract. And I think he's going to end up catching again for them. It's bizarre what's happening with the Cardinals, that's for sure. But I think he's going to end up catching for them again. And the Padres, so yeah, trade for Wilson Contreras and pay all that money to him because you're pretty much be paying the whole contract that's left because he just started it on that five-year deal. And he'd have to learn the whole pitching staff. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that, I mean... I'd like Wilson Contreras, but I don't I don't know if that's the best fit trade-wise for either team. Or for both teams, I should say. And I don't think the Cardinals would are just gonna give up on him this early. JD's third asked, how concerned are you honestly? Um if I had to put it on like a, a level one to 10, my concern level, like how they're playing right now and like not long-term, but like right now it's probably at like a seven. Uh, Cause they're, they're not, they're not firing on all cylinders, but long-term like it's not, it's not even at a five. We're all frustrated right now, but baseball is an incredibly long season. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep pointing back to the track records. And I think that this team is much better than what they're performing, or much better than how they're performing right now. That That's, that's my thought on it. I mean, I'm probably like a broken record on that for anyone that listens or pays attention to the show. And my thoughts long-term on this team, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that I think they're going to turn it around. Like, I'm not worried long-term about this team right now because it's May 12th. Um, but short-term, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's concerning short-term with the offense. All right, another break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick-up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, Or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. 
Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Yeah, an underdog, if you... If if you're going to those Padres pickums, you go under. You're probably going to hit on most of them right now. Um, what I say today, pregame thoughts. I said Tatis under in fantasy points. I'm pretty sure that would have hit. Well, he got he went two for four tonight. I, f- I forget what the point total is for each hit that he has. I think it's like three for each single. I think it would still would have hit the under on that. I wanted to hit on uh, Ryan Weathers. I'll get to your the super chats that I see. Thank you so much. If you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, use that super chat button. Uh, it makes it much easier for me to see the comments um, that have the super chat. So Ryan Weathers, he's going to be starting on Sunday instead of Michael Walker. Uh, gives Waka an extra day of rest. I expected Ryan Weathers to be called up. I, I was not expecting him to be called up for Sunday's game, but I was expecting him to come up in this next homestand at Petco Park. But he's going to be pitching at Dodger Stadium, which I'm fine with. I mean, he's had some success against the Dodgers in the past. Uh, obviously the postseason in 2020 is what sticks out. That was a long time ago, but at the big leagues, at the big league level, Weathers pitched good for the Padres. What he had a, what a two, two, five Oh ERA in his starts. And then a couple bullpen appearances, went down to triple a had two appearances there and combined eight innings, no runs. He did walk seven combined in those eight innings. Uh, but eight strikeouts, again, those four four innings apiece in those outings. So we'll see how long he's able to go on Sunday. Maybe they have Honeywell piggyback him or they have Nick Martinez come in after him. Although that would probably mean Nick doesn't pitch tomorrow if they want Martinez to go multiple innings after Weathers on Sunday. But we'll see. Um the Padres, they're in the middle of they're in the middle, excuse me, of a nine-game stretch right now. Five uh more games starting tomorrow. So the final two against the Dodgers, three against the Royals, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they have the off day Thursday before starting that Red Sox series at home. So they wanted to give Waka an extra day of rest, uh, give the rotation an extra day of rest. Like that is that's gonna help the rotation long term in this season. And that's the way that that's you know, it's not like the rotation is the problem right now. So I, I like this. I like the decision. Um, I think it sets Waka up well, too, getting to face the Royals. Maybe the Padres are like, well, let's, let's, let's increase our chances of winning that Monday game and winning all three of the Royals games than maybe using Waka on Sunday and uh, against a better Dodger team than the Royals. Um, but I mean, look for the Padres to win the series, obviously they have to take today's game or not today. They have to take Saturday's game 
and they have to take Sunday's game. So in order to do that, I mean, we're going to go back to the same thing, the offense. The offense is going to have to come through. JD's third says, I guarantee you Scyther has thought about firing Bo Mid. He, if he hasn't, he's crazy. Look at the Phillies last year. Yeah, but that's, no, that's different. That's different. Because although John Middleton and Peter Scyther, they like spending money, they're like fans. They don't view it as much as a business as some other owners in baseball. Joe Girardi, I mean, it was clear, like, it wasn't working. With Bob Melvin, Bob Melvin, he's not, I don't know how else to say it, like he's not the problem. Where if you were to listen to Philadelphia Sports Radio back then, they would probably be saying, yeah, Girardi should be gone. And I think some of it, if I remember correctly back then, was like bullpen management and all that. With Bob Melvin, I mean, the bullpen's been pretty good this year. And there's been a lot more times this year where he's pulled the right strings than when he's pulled the wrong ones. And so, again, I go back to the point that I was talking about with Pedro in the chat earlier. Like, so the Padres, they should fire one of the best managers in baseball who led the team to the NLCS last year without Tatis and Bogarts in his first year with the Padres, had all that success. They should fire him uh, on May 12th. You know, we're, what, 40 games in? should fire him because the superstars aren't coming through with runners in scoring position because the guys in the batter's box aren't doing their job. That's why Bowmill should be fired. That doesn't make sense to me. Like Bowmill, I don't think Bowmill's firing Bowmill. What is that's that's going to turn around the season? That's going to make the hitters all of a sudden do better? I just disagree with that. Jason with the super chat, thank you so much. Uh, says saw some fight in the team, not so much from Trent. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the striking out looking was brutal. Yeah, you, you can't strike out looking in that spot. I'm not going to go too far deep into the fight that I saw from Trent tonight, just because the the one real thing that's glaring to me was him striking out looking. And I don't want that to just sh overshadow everything else that he did. And right now, to be honest, I don't really remember a whole lot of else what he did. Maybe he did fight in the previous at-bats. I forget because all that's in my mind is him striking out looking in that at-bat. Tonight, he went 0 for 3. Two strikeouts. SJL Stevens says, it's like a high-performance engine with poor timing. The offense is that what I think that's where he's getting at. So the offense high performance engine with poor timing. So you're saying like there's all this firepower in the offense, but they're just not coming through right now. I mean, yeah, that, that's what's happening. And, J yeah, J.D.'s third, getting back to this, I guarantee you Scyther has thought about firing Bomo. I disagree. I don't even think that he's thought about that because it's not Bomo. And that's not what Scyther would do. He 
he knows how much money he's spending on this roster, he's going to say, no, you players, you got to be better. You're the ones that got to do better. Pedro says, Padres got hot and backed into wild card, but when it mattered most, he blew it during the playoffs against a Phillies team with an inferior bullpen. So are we going to forget the managerial decisions that got them into the postseason? Are we going to forget the managerial decisions that he made during the Mets series, during the Dodgers series that got them to the NLCS? We're going to forget about those. I mean, come on. I feel like we're cherry picking. And again, the the Shamanaya decision in the NLCS, okay. Like, I, I, I think he left him in too long. I agree with that. But the Robert Suarez decision, I still think he made the right decision. Suarez was right there with Josh Hader. Them, they, both of them were like the best relievers in the postseason at that time. And Hader was going to pitch the ninth, Suarez the eighth. Harper laid off that changeup somehow and then hit a home run. Sometimes that happens. Pedro says, Bob has a Ferrari without stability control, but doesn't know how to drive it on tra on the track. I mean, I think it's the, it's the players that are in the car trying to drive it, and they don't know how to drive it on the track right now. That's what it is. Bomo's not the one that's driving it. He's not. The one that's the one that's driving it are the guys that are in the batter's box. They're the ones that can control if the car is going to crash or not, right? They're the ones with the bat in their hands. That's how I see that. And I get what you're saying, Pedro. Like the what you're trying to say there. I understand, but Bob is not the one that is driving it. I don't follow NASCAR or whatever, so I don't know what the, the right comparison for Bob Melvin is in this. Is he like the whatever the crew is, the, the crew that helps put the tires on or whatever? Maybe he's that, but uh, he's not driving the car. The players are driving the car. The players are the ones that can turn – they're the ones that control if they just keep going straight into the wall or if they turn. And right now, the, the offense is going straight into a wall. Pedro says, can we at least admit a seat is going to get warm if the team continues to trend this way? I think more fans will start to have your opinion. Like, let's just try to change it up. But unless he starts making terrible decisions and that's why they start then that's why they lose then if that happens then okay you could have that conversation but as long as the offense keeps going 7 for 50 in their last 6 games you know in a 6 game stretch with runners in scoring position like it's not Bowmel it's the players all right let's get to some other San Diego sports here real quick before we get out of here thank you so much everyone for being here Padres lost tonight, obviously. So I want to hit on San Diego State real quick. Lamont Butler, he told the San Diego Union-Tribune this week, Mark Ziegler, by the way, uh, that he's not transferring. He will not be transferring from San Diego State. 
he is either going to come back to San Diego State or he's going to enter the draft. And I think he's going to come back to San Diego State. I don't think he was even um, invited to the draft combine. I think there was a list that came out this week, and his name was not on it. No San Diego State players' names were on it. And he has worked out for the Grizzlies. He's worked out for the Bucks, And I think for the Jazz, three teams, I know for a fact, three teams that he's worked out for. And no combine invitation. So he's not going to get drafted, I don't think. So I think this was a good thing for him to go train in Vegas, get some evaluations. And now he's going to come back to state, hopefully. Yeah, that's what it looks like. He's not going to transfer. That's what he said. Come back to state and have a great year. And Lamont Butler's uh, father was talking about how San Diego State fans, they thought Lamont had a good year this year. Just wait till next year. And so I can't wait for that to be the case. I mean, I'm happy that Lamont, hopefully, you know, signs are pointing to him coming back. Like, because if Lamont wouldn't come back, if he was not going to come back this next season, it would make San Diego State's job a whole lot tougher. That's for sure. I mean, Lamont is a starter. He plays good defense. I know he had those mistakes early on in the season against Arkansas, right, in Maui and all that, but he bounced back from that. We know that he's clutch, right? We know from the big shot and all that, but he's someone that I think the Aztecs can rely upon uh, on both sides of the floor, and I think he's going to improve in all the facets that he needs to improve upon. He's going to come back stronger. I think those NBA evaluations can only help him. And he's going to get a lot of love around San Diego this next year. Um, Jane Ledee, Keisha, Keisha Johnson, we know he's transferring out. USC, probably not going to happen because I think Warren Washington committed there or another big man committed there. Uh, but he's not coming back to state. Jane Ledee looks like he will come back to state. A decision has not been made, but he's not going to get drafted either. And I think he's kind of like Lamont. Like it was either combine or comeback. So that's good news for the Aztecs that Dutch doesn't have to go further into, um, you know, the transfer portal. And I think there's two spots left to fill. They're still looking for a big man, maybe two. Uh, because a rope, uh, Mensa, right? Keyshawed, like they have to fill those. Um, so they still got a couple spots. So we'll see what happens there. NIL, I mean, look, it, it's not. I was talking with uh, talking with my neighbor about this the other day. San Diego State, they're not going to be able to compete with the big schools with NIL stuff. It's just not going to happen. So the players that are going to commit to San Diego State, they're committing there because they want to win. They want to be better at basketball. They want to be better basketball players, right? They're not just going there for the money because they could go elsewhere for the money. Um, if you want to help San Diego State out, go be a part of the Mesa Foundation. Go to their website. Uh, there's different tier systems with different things. Uh, you can attend practices, shirts, uh, meet and greets, I believe. Great stuff, Mesa Foundation. They are San Diego State's like partner for basketball. And the players, they get, I think, $2,000 a month. That's nothing compared to other big schools. 
But the Mesa Foundation, like it's community based. So if you think that you can't make an impact to this program, you can. Just because you're not one of those huge donors that has uh, $500,000 sitting around and saying, yeah, we'll just throw this into the basketball program like some other schools have or throw it into the football program like probably some Alabama boosters do. That's all right. I mean, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. So I would encourage you to help out the program in any way that you can. Uh, these guys with the Mesa Foundation, the basketball players, they go out to the community with different uh, charities. They that That's how they get the money is through charity work. They get the $2,000 a month and they go out and help the community. So it's it's not just you're giving them money. No, it's 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 for a good cause too. Um, so if you can help out, I would definitely, definitely recommend it. Again, the Mesa Foundation, look them up. Mesa Foundation, San Diego State, you'll find the website. Uh, and so check them out. Um, by the way, Lamont, he received $1 million in one of his NIL offers, according to Lamont Sr., but he wanted to remain an Aztec. So got to give him props for that. All right. Other events going on this weekend. The Loyal, they play on Saturday. That match is at 7 p.m. on Fox 5. And the Wave, they play on Sunday against the Kansas City Current. They're trying to snap their losing streak. Uh, in Kansas City, that is going to be Sunday at 3 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Hopefully the Wave can get a win there. And then the Padres, obviously, the rest of this series, Saturday, 4-15. That's the Fox game. And then on Sunday, a little bit after 1 o'clock. The offense is going to have to come through more with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good message, message from JD's third there. Good night, all. Better days ahead. Hope so. And, uh, like, Bomel, with all the Bomel talk, like, he just aired out the team probably yesterday, right? I mean, he was critical publicly of the team. So he's trying all he can. He can only do so much. It's on the guys that are in the batter's box. And it's on the guys that are at third base, and there's a fly ball to left field. And you know that the offense isn't clicking right now with runners in scoring position. So you got to take that chance. It's on those guys, the guys on the field. And most of them, it feels like right now, are underperforming. So hopefully it does turn around. All right, that's it. Talking Friars episode 395. Thank you, everyone, for the time. You can use my code Talking Friars on SeatGeek, $20 off. Breaking tea, great San Diego sports swag. Click the link in my description. Underdog Fantasy, click the link in my description as well. Uh, or you can use my code Talking Friars. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. And Gaglion Bros, great cheesesteaks, garlic fries. They're available on Friars Road, their main location, and inside Snapdragon Stadium and at Peco Park. So you can get them on Monday, Manny Machado Bobblehead Day, Padres Royals. Hopefully the Padres will. Be back above by uh, back above 500 by then. All right, that's it. Have a good night, everyone. Ben Fadden signing off. See ya.